Hello, everybody, and welcome to Game Studies Review. Cody, I have a very interesting piece of trivia for you that we did Ooh. not pre-talk about. We didn't pre-talk about anything. Here okay. we go. What's important about today? Uh, what is important about today? Today is April 3rd. Today is April 3rd. So it's the first Sunday of April. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what today is. What's today? My birthday. Oh, well, happy birthday, Thank you. Alex Lane. Tonight, <laughs> tonight, we're talking about an article called Never Battle Alone, E-Girls, and the Gendered War on Video Games, on Video Game Live Streaming as Real Work by Christine H. Tran. And this is in Television and New Media. I, I believe this is another journal that we have not reviewed from before. Is that correct? That is correct. Excellent. So we did a little a little pre something on Twitter saying we were going to review this teaser, little teaser, uh, because I ran across it on Twitter. I started reading it and then I was like, wait a minute, this is perfect for the podcast. Let's get it on here. So unlike who normally picks the articles, Cody, I picked this one. So I'm super jazzed about it. But Cody, tell me who you are. Tell me what you're all about. Tell me what you got going on. Go. Um, My name is Cody Reimer and I am an associate professor of English at the University of Wisconsin Stout, where I teach uh, writing classes, um, undergraduate and graduate level uh, and technical writing and games stuff. And um, yeah, I focus mostly on the kind of, you know, tech, tech, com and UX in games. And I like game studies and I like games. I like That's, the games. I like the I, games. I just had a conversation about how UX in games is the thing right now. I'm seeing it's lots the of thing? webinars. I think it's the oh. thing. Under, yeah. Underline it. You heard it here first. Uh, yeah. Intro our article for us because you've got a brilliant one written in our show notes. So go ahead. Uh, sure. Well, it's, it, it's, it's great because it's mostly just a quote from Tran. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> but she, she opens with uh, Belle Delphine's uh, Gamer Girl Bathwater um, as an anecdote. And so for those who are not aware, uh, Delphine was uh, kind of positioning herself as a, as a gamer girl, leaning really heavily into the kind of e-girl trope uh, and started selling her bathwater and made waves and we pun will in, talk about pun, pun intended the differentiation of e-girl sorry i didn't mean to jump in on your pun yeah you just you just it was quite splashed all it was over quite it. good it was quite good go ahead splashed all over it. <laughs> <laughs> uh and so tran writes quote the term e-girl has become a site of struggle for streamers spectators and slur users alike in online mm-hmm. gaming communities mm-hmm. today's juvenile meme can be tomorrow's keyword to success end quote uh, and so Tran centers uh, Balut's framework of ludic authorship uh, and elaborates, quote, how the valorization of specific authenticities in the games industry becomes contingent on gendered narratives of work, end quote. And oh. so uh, overall, this is a look at um, e-girls and how like authenticity and gender um, kind of work or appear or exist culturally, infrastructurally, infrastructurally in live streaming. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's, I've got some great quotes, um, but uh, she, she writes that for some streamers, quote, the utterance of e-girl embodies anxieties about online legitimacy, sexualization, and the gendered register of managing digital audiences. 
For others, the term e-girl is not a slur, but a point of lucrative reclamation, end quote. And I, I liked the phrasing there, which is why I chose to, to quote it. But I, as I read that, I realized like when, when you are reading somebody's direct quotes, but you've done textual like excision and used ellipses and square mm -hmm. brackets to fix like grammar for how you're framing things mm -hmm. that doesn't translate into podcasts very well. Yeah. And I've never listened to an academic podcast that's doing close reading. So uh, yeah, that's a little bit of- I will uh, say there's a very interesting one coming out of Mankato for um, looking at some tech com techs. Um, I, I wish I could remember the title off the top of my head, but they have some really interesting stuff coming out. So check out Mankato's TechCom podcast. That's quite similar to this. Hmm. Started around cool. the same time, so I'm not saying they copied okay. it. I don't think that's true. But um, <laughs> I, I, I am very interested in these points, and I will tell the listener, listener, listen in for our gaps, because some of these same themes that Cody's talking about, I'm going to talk about um, as well so go ahead so to to, to con kind of continue summarizing trans piece uh she asks quote to what extent uh do characterizations of e-girls as victimization or valor uh reflect the cultural work conditions that gendered slurs and their reclamation impose on the creators and so that's the question that's being asked and attempted to to answer and the manner of answer comes through um a kind of Bordeaux critical discourse analysis of um, TikTok, Instagram platforms for uh, paratext surrounding the e-girl hashtag from January 2019 to January 2020 with a kind of methods name drop uh, for Consalvo and Paul's cultural constitution of real games mm -hmm. from their book uh, by the same title. And so that's more or less what Tran is trying to do I think um, there's there's a lot to um, laud it for. Uh, I, I like the attention to infrastructure. Uh, she writes, quote, from cam girls to e-girls, gender is infrastructural, not subcultural, to the legitimization of streaming as work, end quote. And so there's this valuable discussion of Ruberg's work on authenticity and sexual sexualization in live streaming. And uh, uh, of Ruberg and Lark's work on bedrooms, infrastructural significance in live streaming. And so there's, there's this kind of interesting attention being paid to uh, gendered um, work as it pertains to infrastructure and authenticity. And uh, Tran relies on Balut's ludic authorship, the concept of ludic authorship, wherein she writes uh, the, quote, the narratives of dedication that uphold a particular vision of the creative worker in games, uh, end quote, leads to, quote, uh, sharing games for a living as infrastructurally about whose time in the bedroom is valorized as entrepreneurial, end quote. So this idea that, you know, when we're doing domestic work and paying attention to the infrastructures of like domestically where this work is happening, the, the, the bedroom for live streaming is, is often, you know, treated as like masculine, all these dudes streaming from their bedrooms um, in, in similar ways to like the basement and the garage for tech industry, Silicon Valley kind of startup mythos of this, these are masculinized spaces. And so, uh, the narrative of dedication for ludic authorship 
lends itself to thinking about authenticity, like who is authentic, which is often one of the kind of cries about e-girls that they're not being off. They're not true gamers. They're not real gamers. This is not authentic. This is a ploy to, mm-hmm. to get my money and attention. Uh, so she, Tran writes, quote, you can take a piece of ironic or unironic baggage attached to electronic girlhood and beat the oppressors to the punch self-brand before or while it becomes the basis of social attack end quote so this is about reclaiming the kind of uh attack the slur of e-girl and using that as um to help valorize uh you know and validate and authenticate your work. Uh, she writes, quote, uh, e-girls as complex actors in the work of reclaiming or refusing realness highlight the need for further studies of live streaming among young people seeking to reclaim both economic and creative agency, end quote. So that's um, the kind of overview of what the article is trying to do. Alex, you have got some great gaps here that you wanted to discuss. Why don't I take- Well, it's really interesting because some of the same points that you brought up for the article's contributions and um, like main things that it's doing are also some of the things that I have for gaps. So this is the, this will be interesting. So this idea of realness and authenticity, I, I absolutely, my lived experience says um, there is a delineation between people at this i don't even think i'm out on a limb here there's people who believe x y and z make a real gamer and the rest of whoever is doing something else is not a real gamer and that delineation exists for a variety of reasons many of them gendered such as with casual games you can't talk about people not believing casual games are real or mobile games without also talking about who predominantly plays those types of games women um but the the crux of the entire argument um, I thought was was couched in these ideas of realness and authenticity, particularly from the scholars that you mentioned, Cody, and I needed a little bit more. I needed a little bit more about a little more convincing for the audience, not necessarily for me, because that is my experience, but for the audience about how that was crucial to why these e-girls are not seen as um, gamers in de- as well as, I guess, sex workers, as that comes down to at some point in the article. Um, the lack of clarity on a few pieces frustrated me um, because, again, like I buy into this argument so much. And in fact, that's another gap I have here is that I've been reading this argument in one form or another the entire time I've been studying games since the early 2000s when I was in my master's program, uh, I was, you know, I've been like reading about this stuff forever. And these arguments like this have been made over and over, which is that there's this, there's this delineation between what makes a real gamer and what makes a fake gamer. Often they're related to femininity, sexuality. If a woman is being a woman in a game, they're not a real gamer. If they're being sexual in a game, they're not a real gamer. Like all of these things. And I wanted a little bit more throwback to that this argument is this this thread is a long thread that's being pulled here. And I that that's to say, like, I am talking about gaps, but like, I'm so thrilled it's being pulled because it is very complicated when you're talking about a medium where women are being overly sexualized nonstop objectified nonstop but but you're also you but also there are women who are using their sexuality and position as 
objectified for power, for powerful reasons. And this this is across, and, and sex work's brought up many times. Um, so that's across multiple different media that this thread happens. And I wanted like a little bit more connection to some of the permanence of this argument, because you could probably follow it all the way to offline spaces, I'm quite sure, where uh, when women embrace their femininity and their sexuality, they're all of a sudden seen as fake. Um, if a woman's broadcasting from her bedroom, she's a fake gamer, whereas uh, uh, otherwise the bedroom being broadcast from a male perspective or from a woman choosing to don masculine traits, that's seen as appropriate. But if you are a woman in a bedroom space, that's somehow no longer gaming. So there are all of these. So what I said in the notes here is that there's like things that are brought up and then kind of just left hanging, which which absolutely is a side effect of a piece that's more exploratory than definitive. Like this is exploratory. And, and, and Tran says this several times, like this space needs to be looked into. It needs scholarly attention. We need to start analyzing it. It's rich. And so this is more exploratory than definitive. Um, but there are many, uh, the, the switch of egirls.gg to epals, the um, erasure of the trans identity, uh, the tension between girls who game and e-girls, the labor aspect. There were just like so many threads that were brought up and just kind of left floating that I really wanted followed through that like any of them could have been their own article. So um, that's what I have in my, oh, uh, the lack of intersectionality talk, like explicitly bringing up more stuff about race and intersectionality, I thought would have been supremely interesting because when, from the research I've done, a lot of the e-girl stuff is uh, white women uh, primarily. So uh, I was interested, I would have been interested in a in a talk about where where race fits in here as well. Can I can I ask you about one of the things that you said you you were drawing a distinction between um, uh, girls who streamed from the bedroom and you said something to the effect of a woman streaming who is adopting masculine traits. Did you mean where Tran talks about some of the kind of choices that women use when they stream to avoid um, the kind of prejudice or what did you mean when you said donning masculine traits? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's more of like, a yes. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, erase, erasing anything that's visibly or even audibly feminine. Okay. So the, the, the distinction then between like vamping up with the, you know, makeup and the attire to kind of embrace the e-girl persona or right. e-girl kind of as opposed to, yeah, okay. All That's right. right. That's right. You said that and my my brain went, wait, what? Wait a minute. Wait a <laughs> okay. minute. Yeah. Well, um, there there's this long tension in um, like feminist game study scholarship about, uh, I guess it goes back to like Seamus Aran, where like, the best female character is one who was designed male from the beginning, but then just like, hey, she's female. You throw one at the end as if that like gives equal representation. So there's this like long train of thought where like, like a long train of not thought, but scholarship where like female bodies that are markedly female are, are treated very differently than bodies that pass as male 
and then are like divulged to be female towards the end. There's like this weird long yeah. tension about. So that's really what I'm referring to. But um, again, that sounded like a long list. I thought the article was freaking ridiculously amazing. There are so many things I loved about it. Can I go into loves now? Um, Absolutely. By all so means. like op- the openness of the topic, like just getting into topics like this that are so not just taboo in the gaming world because people uh, don't think they're gaming, but even in scholarship, like people don't talk about the people don't talk about sex in gaming ever. Like I'm doing this class and I have this sexuality in gaming week and then I have like sex in gaming and you can find so little, um, especially in the United States. We talk about localization when you localize to different countries. And one of the things that when you localize into the United States is you have to take out a lot of the sex stuff. Like people are so uncomfortable about that. Um, so leisure suit, Larry, leisure suit, Larry, thank you very much. Uh, so the openness on approaching a topic like this, that has these blurred boundaries, I thought was brilliant. Um, uncovering a side of gaming that's ignored, brilliant, hearkening back to these core tensions. That what is what brought me into gaming in the first place. Like the first paper I wrote as a grad student, as a master's student on gaming was like about this very topic. So this is long, near and dear to my heart. Um, I liked that there were. As, as I said, it was a gap where they brought up threads, but then like didn't follow them through. I also, it is one of the things I loved because so much, so many articles like this don't progress forward because they are, they get hung up in how bad, like things like harassment and, and stuff and Gamergate, like how bad that is that you end up never like really making progress in the argument, but this didn't do that. It, it brought up Gamergate, um, brought up some harassment stuff, but then just like moved on, like gave space to it, but then continued on with the article. And I thought that was, that was really well done. So what about you? All, all of that. No, I, <laughs> I liked, um, I really liked how Tran brought in a lot of the um, scholarship and made it make sense together. So like uh, Balut's contributions with ludic authorship. I wanted especially... to say that too, but I don't know how to say that last name. I, 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 okay. I, I think it's Balut. I look, I looked up pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> Er, Ergin Balut. Uh, okay. It's Turkish, is my understanding. I'm I'm probably mispronouncing mispronunciating it. Sorry about did, that. But I tried. All all apologies <laughs> uh, to Dr. Balut. Uh, I I liked that contribution, especially then also paired with Ruberg's work. Bo is great, um, mm-hmm. and and uh, Lark and Bo, or is it Bo and Lark? I don't remember the ordering. Uh, yeah. But I hadn't I hadn't read that piece um, by by them, and so. That made me kind of perk up and go. I need I need to go and find that and check into it because uh, that was great, especially with those. So there was a lot of really interesting um, work that was helping frame trans navigation of yeah. all of this. I liked the kind of critical discourse analysis uh, approach, um, and I think that is largely what contributed to the kind of openness that you said that you liked. And so um, it's definitely works as exploratory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So the thing that made me go, hmm, and I get to talk about gaps, so all my hmms just become gaps because my, like, (laughs) opinion becomes law. Uh, But I will say there was one mm, that really I wanted to put in that section and not in the gaps because I don't think this really is an explicit gap. But something that made me think, um, it, it feels like the, where we've been reading, we've been doing this for a year now, and the the articles that are, unless like quote unquote scholarly topics, uh, they 
the ones that are less scholarly often overcompensate with overly scholarly language to when they're framing their argument. And I found that to be true here. Um, like their pieces, the, the pieces uh, where Tran was like, really summing up a hard hitting point i had to read like five times i'm like highlighting it i'm like okay this word and that word and that word and i found that in the articles that are like dealing with the most i I don't want to say like salacious but like the most i don't know inflammatory if if you're gonna write about sex you've got to make it sound hyper academic (laughs) and dry so that it's not too sexy thank you thank you that is that is exactly the point I was trying to make. And I was just kind of giggling to myself because there was like these hard hitting points that in so many of the articles we read, the authors would just like say it as plainly as possible. <laughs> and I was like, man, the stuff I'm most interested in reverts to this academies. And and I, uh, man, I just hope that I just hope that that changes because these more like common language arguments have so much more punch i think so i hope that the stuff that's peripheral can keep moving away from that because that would be nice so anyway that it was it was no fault of tran or anything other than just a trend over the past year it is academia absolutely academia all right go ahead uh i i wanted a clearer connection or follow-up i guess more follow-up the connection was very clear i wanted follow-up uh, between egirl.gg, now epal.gg, and companion sex work. Like, it's a, it's recognized, um, but then it kind of, we, it, it's brought up at the very end, right? So the, the arrangement of the article, the egirl.gg section uh, is penultimate. It's right before the conclusion. And right at the end of that section, just before the conclusion, there's attention to epal gg's um kind of policies on um transactional relationships and like no moaning and no explicit no desperation desperation and it was super fascinating but it was like a brief flash and then we were on to the conclusion i was like wait 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 that there's really interesting stuff going on here yep. uh, specifically with like the kind of correlations and analogies to companion uh, work as adjacent to and, and part of sex work. That's just that then now we don't, we're not getting, so I need, I need more. And part of, again, part of what Tran is setting out to do, right. She's asking uh, these questions to what extent do, you know, does all of this happen and so it's not supposed to be definitive. And so my hmm is more like our kind of best case scenario of like, I need the follow-up research to this. Do, keep, keep doing this work and let me read it. <laughs> so that was, that was kind of my big hmm. Well, that fits really well into my bottom line, which is like the actual analysis and content isn't necessarily what makes this piece worth reading, although there are many moments of insight. What makes this piece worth reading instead of just listening to the podcast for me is that the moves and the space that's open because of it is very rich and in need of scholarly attention. So the the analysis, like you like you stated, and I said in my gaps, there it doesn't go far enough for me um, because it's not supposed to. Uh, but you should read it because, it, especially if you have any peripheral interest to, in this kind of in this area at all, because there's work to be done, and you can see exactly where your 
project might fit in to what Tran's doing. I will also say another bottom line. Do you want to guess what my birthday present was today? I'm very excited about it. It wasn't the underwhelming movie? It wasn't the underwhelming movie I went to. It did was you get a, Elden Ring? It was a... I did, I did get Elden Ring a few weeks ago. <laughs> though. Uh, okay. It was a throwback original starter jacket. Michigan. Oh, blue and yellow. Nearly mint condition. Has the zipper with the metal starter oh. logo on it and everything. I wore it out all day today. Many nice. compliments. I'm super jazzed. I'm super That's jazzed. sweet. Pretty sweet. That's a good note to end on. So check out the article. Um, email us, GameCitiesReview at gmail.com if you have another article that you'd like to recommend to us or just hit us up on Twitter, which um, we are on. So do that. Thank you for joining me, Cody. Thanks as always. Thank you for listening, listeners. All right, have a good night. Thank <laughs> you.